Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe. I'm Martin. I'm Hayden. Welcome back, chaps. And welcome, Hayden, as a regular co-host now. You've decided to commit to this nonsense. Thanks so much, Joe. It's a pleasure. Okay, so today I want to talk about GitHub Copilot. This is a controversial subject, and it's led to organizations like Conservancy saying that we should abandon GitHub and we should move away from them. I get the feeling that you two are not of that opinion, and you two have actually used Copilot. So, Hayden, tell us a little bit about your experiences of using it first. I love Copilot. It has been super helpful not only for code, but for documentation as well. The autocomplete is amazing. It predicts basically what I want to do pretty well most of the time. And it just smooths my workflow and makes me much more efficient. I mean, we'll get to the controversy, but it's going to improve the quality of software and open source generally. And Martin, you have similar feelings about it, I think. I do. I mean, I'd start by saying that everything about GitHub Copilot had completely passed me by. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it had been in beta testing. I didn't know it was coming. I was doing a live stream one morning and a friend of mine pointed out that GitHub Copilot was available. And I asked, what is GitHub Copilot? And following that, I went and logged into the Copilot page and it said, congratulations, you're an open source contributor. You get it for free. And I was like, excellent. I like free things. <laughs> so I have integrated it with my Visual Studio Code editor. And I have to say, I am very impressed. It's uncanny how accurate it is in predicting what I want to do. I've started refactoring code and it's actually just suggested the entire refactor of like a, a function or a method or, um, you know, a loop or something. I've used it with multiple languages. It's now an essential aid in my development. And one of the things where I find it particularly useful is I'm just starting to contribute to a project that's um, implemented in Go. I only have a cursory experience with Go. It's a language that I want to learn more about. And it is on my shoulder helping me on that journey. And I, I love it. Yeah, it's like having a pair programmer right there with you any time of day. Yeah. And I, I live stream with it three times a week and it's remarkable how you know people see it actually you know working with me as i'm working on code and see the recommendations and everyone's like what is that code recommendation thing that you're using you know it's it's great i love it yeah one of the things i like about github copilot is it's an expression of ai helping a sector of the professional community which is my community it, it helps me i've seen so many examples of ai being applied to sciences and engineering and things of that nature and sort of looked on in awe and wonder at the benefits that those people are getting from you know ai and ml and now it's come and it affects me in a very, you know, very personal way. And I absolutely love that AIML is now here in a very real way for me and software developers and open source software developers all around the world, you know, irrespective of the language you're using. I love it when I go to put comments in and it actually suggests comments in the code that are accurate. And my understanding is looking at some of uh, my friends is that that works in multiple languages as well. 
not programming languages, human languages. Yeah, this dovetails with my comment about it benefiting open source generally. I was writing some documentation where I was listing how to install some dependencies for different distros. Uh, I listed them for Ubuntu, tabbed down, started a list for SUSE, and it filled in the zipper command <laughs> with the exact packages for SUSE. It's a great use of AI for programming. Let's get into the controversy of it then. So the bottom line is this. Microsoft owns GitHub. GitHub has a lot of open source software on it. Some of it is licensed in quite a restrictive way using, for example, the GPL. GitHub Copilot was trained on loads of data in GitHub. GitHub and Microsoft won't say exactly what that data was, what the code that they used was, who it belonged to, who'd written it, what license it's under. They've just flat out refused to explain that. But we know that it is definitely code that was on GitHub that has trained it. So that's one of the controversies. The other controversy is that people have reported that this thing is spitting out verbatim chunks of other people's code, often code that is licensed in such a way that it can't be reused, like, for example, proprietary code that is sitting on GitHub. And so people could be writing another proprietary application that is effectively ripping off, stealing, plagiarizing, whatever you want to call it, someone else's code unwittingly because of this tool. So they're the two main controversies. So on the second controversy, (laughs) reusing proprietary code, how could anybody possibly know that? Because they have found their own code being spat out back to them. That's reasonable, though. That's entirely what it's designed to do. It understands the local context of the project that you're in. So it does that for me, but it's based on what it's learned from, what it can see in the project that I'm currently editing, not based on a project that it's mining from somewhere else. Yeah, GitHub did a really interesting study on this, and they found that less than 0.1% code snippets were verbatim from the training set. When you start a project with Copilot and you're putting in the most generic text, it is going to suggest what everyone puts at the beginning of their file, you know, import, libraries, that kind of thing. And then as your code gets more complex, it quotes code that it thinks is relevant to your code base. So between these two parts, it results in an uncanny valley effect where it feels like it's writing everything, but it's starting with the most generic parts of your application. And then it's learning from what you're writing and suggesting more relevant code. So even as you go into more complex code bases, it's still helping you along, even suggesting, like Martin said, code that you might have written before elsewhere in the code base. Yeah, it's exactly what it does. And I find that particularly useful because one of the things I tend to do is have to skip to another file. I think to myself, I've done this or something similar elsewhere in this project. Let's go and find that. And now I don't do that. I just start writing a comment because one of the things you can do is you can sort of coerce it to make recommendations based on a comment. So I start typing a comment that describes what I want it to do. And lo and behold, a bit of my code from elsewhere in the project will magically appear. But also, you mentioned that people were saying it's reusing code from other projects verbatim. I also find that difficult to believe because, for example, all of the things it suggested to me, it's got my variables in place. You know, it's contextually aware of the methods, classes, functions, variables that I'm currently using, even 
I think, I'm not certain about this, but I think it recognizes coding style as well. So I would be very surprised if it's actually just, well, I think Hayden's just said it was a very tiny percentage of code that appears verbatim in its suggestions. Yeah, and training AI on large data sets is generally considered fair use under copyright law in the US and Europe, and that would include GPL. And the organizations who are upset about Copilot under the, any other circumstances would be the ones defending fair use. <laughs> and also incidental inclusion, which is what is the legal term of art for having small bits of code that might be printed verbatim from other projects. So even incidental inclusion is also an accepted protection exemption to copyright law. There's only so many ways to do, you know, for loop in, in, in Python. So you're, you're going to get some verbatim text. But most of the people upset about Copilot aren't actually arguing it violates the GPL because AI-derived code is not a derivative work under the GPL. It's not copyrighted. It's actually public domain. And the organizations who are protesting would probably not want it to be that way. They're generally just mad Microsoft is doing it. And this is no different than looking at someone else's code, learning from it, and then writing your own. This is partly why we all open sourced our code so that it could be looked at and learned from. They're just mad Microsoft is doing it and it's pandering to the anti-Microsoft base. Yeah. I think you're right. There is definitely an aspect of that. But is there relevant case law, relevant precedents? I don't know about this stuff. Hayden, you have a legal background. Not many people know that, I don't think, but it says on your LinkedIn that you have a legal background. So you understand this better than almost anyone, certainly anyone here. So is that definitely true? Because the, the Software Freedom Conservancy seem to be arguing that although GitHub have come out and said that it's fair use, it's fine, they don't really have any precedents to prove that or to... Uh, Back that up. It's generally accepted that training AI on large data sets is fair use. And while that hasn't been applied to code, it has been applied to other sources of data. And there have been developments in EU copyright law around this since the early 2000s. Remember that, Martin, when we were part of the EU? <laughs> You'd be surprised about the lack of case law around open source generally. It tends to just work because we all agree it works. Well, yeah, see uh, ZFS on Ubuntu, for example. Exactly. But, I mean, legally speaking, GitHub is in a good place because training AI on GPL code is fair use. And even if it does occasionally print verbatim code from another project, that's incidental inclusion, which is also an exemption to copyright law. AI itself cannot create copyrightable work under the GPL. So anything that the AI generates cannot have GPL restrictions attached because it's not a work, legally speaking. Well, the thing is, you are the WSL guy, so you're obviously a Microsoft shell. <laughs> right. So you would say all of this, wouldn't you? I am going to defend Copilot because I do like it. I'm just repeating the general legal consensus. And again, none of the organizations who are opposing this are really arguing that the copilot generated code 
should be GPL licensed, not even the FSF. So it tends to be more of just like a general ethical debate, which is valid. I mean, AI introduces some very interesting ethical challenges, particularly when it comes to our industry now. But it's not even so much about the code it generates. It's about the fact that this proprietary paid-for tool has trained on GPL software, and there are ethical issues with that. Even if legally it's fine, some people definitely have an ethical problem with that. And I think I include myself in that group of people. But it's free for students and open source contributors. Yeah. If you've contributed open source to GitHub, you have access to Copilot. Yes. I have access to it for precisely those reasons. And I would argue, if you have reservations on those grounds, how is this any different from running a proprietary SaaS platform built on top of open source that, you know, you don't contribute to? It's the same kind of argument. And maybe that's a debate or in a discussion for another day about, you know, the sustainability and ethical responsibility for open source. But what I would also say is this, as somebody who has contributed to and worked with open source for many years now. The reason I was attracted to open source wasn't because of the, in air quotes, freedoms that the uh, licenses either give me or take from me, depending on which license you choose. It wasn't about those freedoms. It was about the ability to collaborate and learn from other people and work with people all around the world. And I feel like GitHub Copilot is proving once again that the science and art of software development, particularly open source software development, is science rather than alchemy. And this is a fantastic way to have all of that human knowledge tied up in Imagine some really esoteric, you know, uh, maybe, um, dying programming languages. You know, we have, we have dead and dying human languages. The same is going to be true for programming languages. Cobalt and Fortran come to, <laughs> come to mind. You know, we're kind of preserving some know-how about these languages so that people can go back to them historically and pick them up and work with them. And from my point of view, it's helping me learn a new language, a contemporary language that I haven't done much with, and it's helping me find my way there. So I feel like it's really pushing forward human endeavor and collaboration. And I suppose I have a question for those listeners that do, uh, are either like, for example, if you're DevOps, if you're doing the dev bit, have you been using uh, Copilot? What do you think of it? What's your position on it? And if you're doing the DevOps part of that or just the ops part of that, I've even seen it help with things like Ansible playbooks and things like that. You know, have you, have you seen any value from, from using Copilot? And somebody asked me the other day, would I pay for Copilot? And so I, I had to have a little think about that for a moment, because obviously I get to use it freely as a, an open source contributor developer. And I came up with this answer, which is I pay for Grammarly, that service that helps you spot your spelling mistakes and your poor grammar so th- that your emails look um, more coherent and articulate. And I pay for that because it helps and assists me. So on those grounds, I would say yes. If the only way to access Copilot, now I've seen the uh, utility of it, would be to pay for it, then yes, given my profession, this is absolutely something that I would choose to pay for. Did you get it for free, Hayden? Yes, I get free access to Copilot. 
And would you pay for it? I would. I'm interested in using Copilot with my daughter. So she's been programming in Scratch for several years now and is about to make the transition to Python. And I'm interested to see how much Copilot will help ease that transition and maybe shave off some of those frustrations of moving to a text entry system by suggesting the boilerplate that she'll probably know she needs but may not know how to express fluently off the top of her head so that's one particular use case i'm interested in exploring and the other is this inviting people in as code contributors to existing projects Because Copilot is contextually aware to the project you're working on, I think it's going to help lower the barrier of entry for drive-by committers who have found a bug that they really want to fix. Or maybe this is a project that they love, they think is amazing, and they want to get involved in some way. I think it will help ease new contributors into projects in a way that's just not been as accessible before now. My worry on the education front and the the generally lowering the barrier of entry is it may spawn a new generation who don't fully understand how to do it all from scratch. It's like with the VPS providers that give you a one-click deployment of WordPress or you know wh- whatever that application is. It's very handy, but if you do that, then you never really understand how all those bits go together. And so I would always advise someone who is learning, don't do that yet. Build it up from scratch. Understand how it all works. And then once you know how it all works, then you can just save time by doing the one clicks. And so I feel that someone like you, Martin, who is a very experienced developer, can really benefit from having this pair programmer idea of it just saving you time but if you're learning with a tool like this is the danger not that you may not learn the best practices and you'll lean too heavily on it or is that just irrelevant because it's here to stay and they'll always have it so who cares no i think it's a valuable learning tool it's like having a a tutor or a mentor sat there with you to help remind you You know, I'm thinking of the Python example with my daughter here to help you construct an iterator that iterates over a dictionary, for example. My daughter may know that she needs to do that. She may not remember how exactly to do it. And that frustration of having to go back to how on earth do I do this thing when all I want to do is start manipulating the dictionary once I'm iterating over it. It helps sort of, you know, knock down those barriers because actually I don't need to type all of those characters in every single time I'm programming something. I know what I want to do. I just, I love the fact that Copilot makes a lot of those common things that would come off the end of my fingers go away because it just suggests all the common boilerplate that I would be typing in by hand, that goes away. And now I can focus on the logic of the application or program function class method that I'm working on. Tab completion to the max, essentially. It totally is. And who doesn't love that? Yeah. If anything, it poses a risk to Stack Overflow. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, I did say, I think I said a few days ago, it is uh, basic. I think this is a really good thing to track because I said, I'm going to Stack Overflow less. Because now, instead of going to Stack Overflow to look for an example, I start typing a comment 
in whichever language I'm currently working in to express what I want to do next. And I get a snippet suggestion that is invariably the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Well, we'd better wrap it up then. Thankfully, this was a much less controversial episode than last time. Uh, Maybe uh, I might be wrong about that. If I am wrong, then feel free to email in show at linuxdowntime.com and tell us your thoughts on this whole thing. Have you tried it out? What do you think of it? Do you just hate Microsoft and hate uh, Hayden and (laughs) Martin for shilling their, their wares? I would also add thank you very much to everyone that wrote in with your feedback over the last couple of episodes and the ones before. We're still getting some on the uh, on other topics. Uh, we are reading it all and a lot of your feedback will surface in episodes where we revisit some of those other topics. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks then. But until then, I've been Joe. I've been Martin. And I've been Hayden. See you later. <laughs>